Baseball starts in two days. It's Monday, the 26th of March, and we've got these two random games just popping up in the middle of this week. Seattle and Oakland playing Wednesday and Thursday in Japan. Welcome, everybody, to the show. It's frustrating. I don't like it, Scott. I it's don't like it. It's annoying for us. Yeah. It's annoying for everybody playing. I think Commissioner Bud Selig needs to consider the fantasy world. Clearly not a fantasy commissioner. No, he's not at all. No. Well, see, and, and it presents a problem for us because I'm sitting here thinking, what do we talk about this week on the show? Do we do draft prep? Or do we do more news and notes, assuming most people have already drafted? Now, I think most people have drafted, but there still are drafts going on. So we're going to do a little bit of both. Today, we are going to talk about a 12-team draft that uh, we did on CBSSports.com. Um, kind of look at value, who went where. Uh, we got a lot of notes. Uh, closers, it's just crazy right now what's going on in some of these bullpens. A lot of injuries to talk about. And uh, we did five starting pitchers last time we talked that we hadn't really uh, spoken too much about. Today we'll do that with five outfielders. And Nando's here. And Nando, you were doing Tout Wars this weekend. Yeah, the Tout Wars mixed. Yeah, okay, so you were in the mixed. I was on the mixed side, yeah. It yeah. was an auction. It was an auction. Roto, 15 teams, which is a weird number of teams. It's, uh, you know, I guess it's, we're inclusive, if nothing else. Yeah, I guess you <laughs> we are. We don't like to cut it off at 12. Yeah, we're going to actually start the show looking at your team. So I hope you're ready to be under the microscope. Go right ahead, man. I'm, I'm very proud of it. Two catchers, Domit and Pierzynski. Domit for $6, Pierzynski for 2 yeah, I was looking more dome at I can move him around. I think Minnesota's gonna use him as, as almost like a Kadire this year with outfield, you know, a little DH catching, stuff like that. Especially with Joe Maurer, who knows how many games he can catch. I think yeah. he's a little more valuable. Well, I like Domit because you're gonna he's probably gonna play a lot of games, more games than a typical catcher, right, Scott? Yeah, I would say so. And he's probably gonna stay healthier if he gets the majority of his at bats at DH and, and that's really been his biggest problem. Uh, throughout his career. I think if you don't get an elite catcher going with two guys like this is is the right way to go. First baseman, Miguel Cabrera. Alex Rodriguez is your third baseman. Now, you took Adam Dunn for $9, and Dunn's having a good spring. John Heyman wrote about him recently on our website. What do you like about him? I'm going to say the, the decade of 40 home runs or more <laughs> that he had before last year. Um, I, I'm, not, you know, I'm not looking at a spring. I'm, I'm not really looking too much at last year. I'm kind of looking at his track record and the fact that he's in a very home run friendly park and maybe, you know, I'm going to chalk it. You know, if I'm wrong, it's a $9 mistake. It's not like a $29 mistake. So it happens. I could put Sean Figgins right in there well, uh, in the I, utility. I think the spring is, is worth looking at for a guy like Dunn, though, who, um, you know, obviously no one can really explain what happened to him. It was arguably the worst season for a full time player ever. Right. Um, and so the fact that he's 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 looked pretty much like himself this spring is encouraging. I I, I wonder. I think he has four home runs. I wonder who exactly those home runs were off of because a big problem for him last year was hard stuff. He was uh, wasn't able to hit the fastballs the way he used to, and that's usually a sign of age and decline and all of that. So uh, it, it'd just be interesting to know. That. I I don't have that information, right? But, it would be interesting to know that. Yeah, I think it was four home runs and two strikeouts, and he said yeah. one of them was on a bad call. Yeah. <laughs> so in his mind, one strikeout. So you got done for 9 bucks, Miguel Cabrera for 41 A-Rod for 19 uh, Omar Infante for $2. So you went $39 on Hanley Ramirez, $1 on Bartlett. I feel like Scott's going to say you overpaid for Hanley. By the way, with two, 260 bucks. 260 yeah. All yeah. Right, Scott, did he overpay for Hanley? I, I don't think he overpaid it's for fine, Hanley. It's fine, Scott. He, I can take it if you feel like <laughs> it. Man. I, I know. 
you know, I would I would have rather spent my thirty nine dollars on somebody who I feel like is safer. Uh, but Hanley, the the shoulder injury was one of the concerns I had about him, and obviously this spring he has completely just eliminated that concern. His power seems to be fine. Um, I, I worry about him staying healthy over a full season because he hasn't the last two. But, but you know, it's it's a fine uh, fine purchase. Would Can I you, say th- thirty five yeah. of that was Hanley, and then the other four was because I can put him at shortstop and third base about a week into the season. That's I like, a good I point. like that freedom to move people around. Do you think you'd actually move him away from shortstop? Probably not. But just you know, if something happens, something yeah. weird happens, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, your your third baseman right now is A Rod. Yeah, so. <laughs> and, it's, well, nice. and you have Cabrera. Too, he has though. Miguel yeah. Cabrera. Yeah. So who would be your backup first baseman in that case? Freddie Freeman. Okay, and you got him for fourteen dollars later. You took Ellsbury for thirty-seven, Soriano and Brian Lahare for a dollar, and Raul Abanez for a dollar. Yonder Alonso for two. So looking at uh, Soriano, Lahare, Alonso, and Ibanez. For a combined five dollars, who, who do you like the most there? <laughs> That's a scary outfit. <laughs> it is scary, but so much upside. <laughs> Brian Lahare, man. I mean, Brian Lahare led the minor leagues in home runs. I think people are dumping on Lahare for whatever reason. Maybe because he's old. You've heard his name a little bit here and there, but I mean, do, do you worry about him being another Kila Kaihue? <laughs> I always got to pause before I say that. <laughs> yeah, you the quadruple A kind of. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think I do. I, there's something about LaHare, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's gut or if it's one of those, you know, Malcolm Gladwell things where I've seen so many statistics that it pops out with even knowing it. But uh, there's something about LaHare that I really like, and I see him, and I just see 30 home runs for some reason. So I, I could be wrong, and then of course. Your, um, your pitcher strategy, you didn't go huge on anyone here, but I, I, you got a good staff. Lester for 17, Darvish for 16, Romero for 15. Uh, Cahill for eight, Bedard for six, and then you've got, uh, let's see, uh, Street for 13, Chris Perez for seven, Chapman for one dollar, and Francisco Rodriguez for a dollar? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I, I mean, you did pretty, I think you got good value there with your starters. What do you, what do you like about your staff? I, I can't believe I got Chapman for a dollar. I thought Chapman would have gone for five or six with this crowd, but everyone, everyone leaned Sean Marshall. Which I guess is, you know, that's, that's the, the wave that everybody's riding right now. But come on, you got a Roldis Chapman who can throw 100. He's, he's basically, in a worst case, you know, he, he's going to be a starter, maybe, who's going to get a lot of strikeouts and a bunch of wins. Or he's going to be the closer, in my mind, if they move him to the bullpen. That's just a hunch. I mean, I, I like Sean Marshall, but I think Chapman has that, that guile and that headset. And, you know, he yeah. says he's closer. You look at him, he's a closer. It's an upside play for sure. Because if he's a middle reliever, he doesn't have much value for you. Well, those strikeouts will help. Yeah. A 15-team league. Um, what do you think about that? Let's get into the notes then, Scott. What do you think about uh, the Reds' situation with Madsen? Out for the year. Uh, Tommy John surgery. So who, who's your favorite there? Are you going Marshall, or do you think Chapman has a shot? Chapman has a shot, for sure. Um, I think the fact that the Reds haven't gone out and declared Marshall the closer already says Chapman has a shot. That being said, I'm favoring Marshall here because I feel like the Reds are in a position where they could easily win that division. That's clearly what they're aiming to do after the the Latos trade, and um, I don't I don't think they'd want to gamble on an unknown in that role on a guy who's been enigmatic throughout his career like uh like Chapman I think they would want to go with the the proven reliever a guy who when they first acquired him from the Cubs 
there were people talking about, well, maybe he'll he'll be the closer. That was before they even signed Madsen. Uh, so if if um, you know if I was looking for saves off the waiver wire at this point, you know it, it might be a moot point now. These few days later, but Marshall would definitely be the guy I went for um, over Chapman over any of the White Sox options. Um, the Royals options over any of the Royals options. Now, what do we know about the Royals options and the White Sox options? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Drew Storen, who's a little bit banged up. Michael Morse as well. Chase Utley, Chris Carpenter, Miguel Cabrera, David Wright, Giancarlo Stanton, and a few others. Um, but we'll stay with the bullpens here. Who is the favorite, if there is anyone, out of the Royals bullpen, Scott? I don't think there is one right now. And, and that's – I'm not sure – I'm not sure they're going to name a guy before the season starts. They're they're kind of talking about a a committee approach with Broxton and and Greg Holland, and uh, obviously it it won't stay a committee approach all season. One of those guys will emerge. Uh, I'd still lean toward Holland, but obviously Broxton has the track record. I mean, it, it's it's pretty much a coin flip at this point, which is part of the reason I'd rather go after Marshall right now. Nando White Sox bullpen. Do you like anyone there? <laughs> I, that, that's just another mess, I think. Um, initially, I think I liked Addison Reed a little bit, but it's, he seems like he's fading you know, to yeah. the point where... And, I, I guess Thorne. I mean, I hate to see... I usually go away from lefties being used as the closers because you, know, you need them for matchups and stuff like that, um, but it looks more and more like Thornton's going to be the guy. Well, the strange thing that happened here over the weekend is suddenly two new candidates yeah. emerged. Hector Santiago, um, who... Uh, Dave Rich, Richard, the fantasy football writer, our resident White Sox fan, says the White Sox are really high on. Uh, and John Heyman wrote about it as well. Um, you know, he's kind of, I, I don't even know if you could call him a dark horse, the, the enthusiasm that developed uh, around him over the weekend. Um, it would seem strange to go with him, considering he's a rookie, and, and not go with Reed, who you'd think they're yeah. avoiding him because he's a rookie, but they seem to really like him. And then uh, Don Cooper, the pitching coach, threw Will Oman's name out there, <laughs> which is ridiculous. I mean, obviously he's a um, a, spe- a lefty specialist, and, and that's all he's ever going to be. So I'd kind of just ignore that. But the fact his name's out there uh, just One guy the you're drafting tonight. Who are you taking? Oh, my gosh. I think I'd still have to take Thornton. Okay. But – Santiago's probably my second choice now. And, you know, th- this kind of gets into the lefty argument because it, it's a good point about the lefties. You know, usually they don't like to go that way with closers. But considering Santiago's a lefty, Oman's a lefty, that Thornton, you know, three lefties right. there, it makes it a little easier to do. Um, give me – all right, here's five names for you guys. Give me your top three. Marshall for Cincinnati. Thornton, Santiago, Holland, Broxton. Marshall, Thornton, Santiago, Holland, Broxton. You're drafting tonight. Um, yeah, I'm going Marshall, Thornton, Santiago, and leaving the Royals out of it. Okay, Nando. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna go. Jeez, I like Broxton. I'm gonna squeeze Broxton in there over a guy over Marshall. I think I'll go Marshall. I think you have to do number one. I mean, okay. I'd like to trust myself, but I, had, I was in a room of experts twice this weekend where they just went hard after Marshall. Marshall went for more than Drew Storen in the National League only one. Wow. Which is, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was just frenzy and people, you know, if you're going 13, someone had to say 12. You know what right, I mean? You don't right. just don't introduce a guy like Sean Marshall for 13 bucks. Um, 
So, I, I, you know, I'm going to go with the wisdom of the crowds on this one and put Marshall in there because I'm obviously giving advice to other people. Yeah. For me, I, I like the bargain with Chapman. For, for other people, I'm going to go with Marshall because I've seen so many others do it. Um, so he's one for you. Yeah, I think list. Broxton uh, Broxton Holland, I'm going to say. All right, so you go oh, with Oh, I'm sorry. Road. No, no, Thornton was in the mix too, right? Uh, oh, okay. Right. Thornton number one. Thornton one. I'm a believer in Thornton now. Marshall number two, just because everyone else. And, and then, then number three, I, I, there's just Broxton. I, I don't know. I just... I, I think Broxton. Okay. You know, nothing against Holland or the other guys. Just if, okay. I, if I'm going to take my chances with one of them, I think it's going to be Broxton. All right, Drew Storen. What's the deal with him? Uh, he's got a forearm strain and hasn't been able to pitch in a while, and they don't think he's going to be ready for the start of the season. And the most interesting development about this over the weekend was that they're not going to use Tyler Clippard in the closer role if Storen is out. They don't want to take him out of the eighth inning, so it's going to be. Henry Rodriguez, or, or probably more likely Brad Lidge, getting saves at the beginning of the season for the Nationals. I don't think it'll be for very long, not enough to really, uh, unless you just happen to be a store and owner, not enough to make a play for either of those guys in mixed leagues. But in NL only, uh, they're, worth, they're both worth picking up. How about Michael Morse, his lat, stra- his lat strain? Uh, it's annoying for fantasy <laughs> owners, Nando. Are you it concerned? Is. Um, to a degree, only because I, I'm not as nervous when it's like a knee, when you have that four to six week time. To, you know what I mean? With a lat strain, even with a forearm strain that Storen has, it's, it's not so much that that injury is bad. It's that they overcompensate with some of the stuff and, and hurt other parts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I'd keep a close eye on that. I'm not, I'm not terribly concerned. Um, I think they have enough resources to, like, uh, what was his name? Tyler Moore, who we were talking about last week. Remember him? Who, you know, they can just move around and they'll be fine with. And so I think they'll be able to take their time with Morse and not rush him back. But, you know, proceed with caution. At the end of the day, he might only miss, what, like a week? Why'd you have him uh, in your, like, one-hit wonders column, Scott? Be- well, the, did, like you, did you read the one-hit <laughs> wonders column? It I, was, I did not. It so. was examining potential one-hit wonders okay. and determining because <laughs> whether I, they were I love not. Michael Morris. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's like I my love guy. This. I love Michael Morris. And I've dra- you know, I'm doing that team with Jamie, Jamie Eisenberg, and he's like killing me over the Michael Morris traffic. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's, he's going to miss the season. Obviously, he's kidding. And then he's like, Scott's got him on the one-hit wonders list. So what's up, Yeah, man? well, that's a case of not reading the column, which <laughs> is something <laughs> – a lot of our readers tend to do too, but uh, Morris, I, I like him too. I think where he's going, um, what the sixth, eighth round range, maybe sixth to ninth round range, he, he's going to live up to that. Even with this injury, I, I wonder. I I, I kind of doubt he's going to hit 300 again, just because he's a guy who strikes out so much more than he walks. Uh, but I think uh, I think his breakthrough was legitimate. I think the power is legitimate, and I think uh, I, I still expect a 30 homer season, even with um, him potentially missing the first week or two. Okay, let's try to get through these notes quickly so we can look at the mock draft or the actual draft. You're playing it out, not a mock draft. Um, Chase Utley, could his injury be long term, Scott? He doesn't think so, but I, I'm still thinking this is something that's going to plague him for the rest of his career. Cost him time. Cost him. Percentages. Who's going to replace him? Who's the Philly we need to know? Wigginson? Freddie Galfies. Okay, Fred, oh, that's right. That's Freddie right. Galfies. I'm Galfies. trying to say it the right way. Um, Does Wigginson get any play there with Howard and, you know, maybe they want to spell Galfies? Yeah, I think Wigginson gets play there. I think most likely at first base um, with uh, John Mayberry in left. Uh, but Jim Tomey's worked out at first base some. Mayberry's capable of playing first, so they could throw another outfielder like Lance Nixon there. It's going to be, 
it, it's going to be something that varies on a day-to-day basis, I feel like. Miguel Cabrera, Nando, worried about him missing, missing opening day? I mean, maybe be worried about him missing opening day, but 161 games out of Cabrera is still better <laughs> okay. than, you know, uh, you know, 200 from someone else. What about David Wright? What's the latest on him, guys? Looks like he's going to be ready to go. He looked good in batting practice over the weekend. Is going to get back in a game. I'm still thinking that abdominal tear is going to um, isn't going to go away so easily. Uh, but it, it looks like if you already own him, it looks like he's going to play. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton for the Marlins. Um, I don't. I I don't think any kind of injury he has would would make me shy away from taking him. It's not one of these things that's going to turn into long term. So okay. I mean, find a replacement for the week and DL him if he starts in the DL in a worst case scenario. But he'll be fine for the rest of the season. Blue Jays starting pitcher Dustin McGowan has plantar fasciitis, and I don't know why. I feel like uh, this could be a bigger deal, you know, than people are making it out to be. Right now, it's like, yeah, whatever, no big deal. But that's a scary injury. <laughs> well, I think. Part of the reason people are making it out to be no big deal is because it's Dustin McGowan, and he hasn't been fantasy relevant in a few years now. But um, looked pretty good when he came back late last year. Has had a pretty good spring. Um, kind of a kind of a sleeper in AL only right now, and and this could absolutely be something that sidelines him for several weeks, or maybe not at all. You know, it, it just depends on how well they're able to treat it. Uh, it's varied in based on players who we've seen have it in the past. Um, Carlos Quentin, Kevin Euclid come to mind. But, yeah, it's it's kind of a big deal. A couple other notes I want to throw in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Snyder got optioned to the minors. It's, it's right there on the notes, buddy. <laughs> you see? Really? It's right there. Eric Thames won okay. the left foot I, I was looking. I was looking God. at an outdated version oh, of Oh, yeah, I who did update that. And who doesn't I'm read sorry. the column? Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> no, that's my well, fault. That's well, that's one. Fault. And then one here who isn't in the updated version, Chris Parmalee. Uh, looking like he's going to make the Twins and, and perhaps get significant at bats. They've decided they want Josh Willingham in left, which leaves right field open uh, for either Parmalee or Ben Revere um, or uh, Ryan Domit is capable of playing there, more likely going to play DH. Parmalee's had a good spring and, and obviously was great in September last year. Definitely a guy to have on your radar in, in deeper leagues. Uh, you like him better than Eric Thames? Ah, uh, you know, I think Thames is gonna is more likely to get drafted, but he didn't. Uh, I was more impressed f- with what I saw from Parmalee last year than Thames. I, I know Thames had more time to kind of fall off than Parmalee did, so maybe you know Parmalee would get exposed with more at bats too. But uh, I feel like uh, I, I I just like him more. Okay, Nando, Thames, or Parmalee? I'm a Thames guy. I'm a Thames guy almost through and through. I, I like him oh. a lot. I was just waiting for this bit of news, which unfortunately <laughs> came after the drafts. But uh, yeah. it just seems the Blue Jays have been so obsessed with Travis Snyder over the last few years. I, I didn't really believe Thames would win it outright like this. Yeah. Um, he is the left fielder for Toronto. All right, if you own Carlos Marmol, Ted Lilly, Desmond Jennings, BJ Upton, Ryan Vogelsong, Corey Hart, Logan Morrison, deeper league guys like Alan Craig, and many, many more. You want to check fantasynews.cbsports.com. Haven't given out the information, so send us an email at uh, fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. Put podcast in the subject line. We'll try to read some emails later today. Follow us at CBS Scott White, at Nando CBS, N-A-N-D-O, at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R. Uh, we'll throw Al a bone, even though he's not on the show. Throw, uh, <laughs> follow him at Al Melk CBS, Al M-E-L-C CBS, and at CBS Fantasy BB. Five outfielders that I'd like to talk a little bit more about. 
Brennan Bosch, Jason Kubel, Angel Pagan, J.D. Martinez, Lorenzo Kane. Bosch, Kubel, Pagan, Martinez, and Kane. And that's their draft order, by the way. ADP, that's the way they go. What do you think about Brennan Bosch for Detroit, Nando? Um, he's he's one of those guys who I look at and then I just kind of move on. He, where yeah. he's go, just because we're not not you know if I could get him at the last rounds, yeah. But uh, he's just one of those players who I'm not crazy about. I think I'd take you know Delman Young if you're just keeping it in the Tigers uh, ahead of him. Okay. But it's not to say he's oh. not good. He just doesn't fit into my teams, essentially. I haven't drafted Bosch yet either, so I guess I'm kind of in the same category. I see him as having a, a better bet for homers than Delman Young. So I would I would probably go for him ahead of Young. Um, <laughs> you know what's weird? But, Looking at that ADP, um, three outfielders in a row, 204th, 206th, and 211th. This is as of last Friday, I think. Um, Austin Jackson, Brennan Bosch, Delman Young. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a run on Tigers outfielders. There you go. Uh, okay. All right. So you like him better than Young, Scott, and Nando, you like Young better. Well, yeah. Look at what Bosch was doing right before he came down with a thumb injury last year. He had a two-month stretch from June to August, 310 with 12 home runs. Uh, so, you know, I, I understand he's been streaky his first two years, but I, I think there's still room for more with him. Arizona's Jason Kubel going 238th overall. So that's a couple, a few rounds after Brennan Bosch. Nando, your thoughts on Kubel? I feel bad. Well, I guess I feel bad for a millionaire, but you know, I feel bad for <laughs> all you hear about Kubel is he can't play defense. Why did Arizona take him? Gerardo Parra should be starting, but you know, let this guy loose. And I mean, the Twins kind of moved him around. You know, he didn't actually have a home. Now he's got a home, and you know, we kind of saw what that did for Alex Gordon. Mm-hmm. I, and it's not exactly the same thing, but I, I think it's going to be a great move for Kubel. I mean, he's got 30 home run potential. He can he can really flex the power. I think if he gets every day at bats, and he's back in a hitter's park. Yeah, that his last couple of years in Target Field. You know, you look at his splits then compared to his splits when they were playing in the Metrodome. Big difference. I Kubel think he'll Bosch. Um, yeah, I'll I'll side with Kubel because I think the upside's a little higher. Angel Pagan. Oh, you know what? Nando Kubel, Kubel or Bosch? I'll go Kubel. Yeah. Okay. Angel Pagan. Um, can we rely on him for steals? Yes. Can we rely on him for anything else? <laughs> um, no. I mean, he's not just a one, uh, one-trick pony. He can hit for average. He does have extra base power. Uh, could hit double-digit home runs if he could stay healthy. That's kind of been a problem for him. It was an issue last year. But uh, assuming um, he doesn't just absolutely tank, which I don't see happening and, and you know, that would cause the Giants maybe to call up Gary Brown or someone like that. Uh, I think he's a good bet for 40 steals in that lineup. They're going to ask him to run a lot, and he's uh, plenty cheap considering he's not just a one-trick pony, and uh, he has that kind of potential with the steals. 255th overall in head-to-head leagues, and he is now San Francisco's outfielder. Going right behind Coco Crisp. You like him better or worse than Crisp, Nando? Uh, I like Pagan's power. I mean, he doesn't have power, but I think he has more power than Crisp. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's just it, something, something draws me to Pagan. Okay. He's not switching park effects either, really. I mean, he's going from a pitcher's park to a pitcher's park. So we've seen what he could do in, uh, in City Field. What do you think about J.D. Martinez, Nando? Another, another guy like Bosch who I just kind of passed over in a lot of my drafts. Not to say he's not good. He's just one of those dudes. You know, it's, the Astros <laughs> are a messy, messy team right now. and Yeah. I, I, I don't know. He wasn't a top prospect 
great minor league numbers, but not a top prospect, and it kind of struggled when he got to the major. So I need to see more from him. I know he's kind of one of Al's guys, um, so kind of get his voice in there. But yeah, I'm not high on. <laughs> I can't Martinez do an either. Al invitation. Yeah, sorry, I can't. I don't know that voice. At no. Al Milk CBS, if you want to learn <laughs> more about JD Martinez. And finally, Lorenzo Cain for Kansas City. You know, going 312th overall. You know, I, I like a guy who's at that point, you know, at bats, some talent there. It's worth a risk, right? He might be the guy who, of all these players, excites me the most right now. He's the only one who's had a good spring, and it's been a crazy good spring. He leads all hitters in batting average. Wow. Uh, 477, four home runs, two steals. Obviously playing in Arizona, so, you know, you got to take those numbers with a grain of salt. But... uh a potential. He showed he could be a potential five-category guy in the minors and has won the Royals over completely. Ned Yost said, you know, nobody's on seating Kane in center field when coming into spring training. They're, they're being kind of coy about that. So uh, he's he's definitely somebody to target in the late rounds. Kane or Pagan, Nando? I like Kane's potential, actually. I, I do. Kane or Kubel? Uh, it depends on what your team needs. I, I think Kubel's a little more reliable Kane could always just you know hit 210 over the first three months and you know be a disaster because he's not ready yet. But I don't think that's going to happen. I, I do like Kane a lot. All right, so here's what we're going to do with this Roto draft that we're going to now review because we'll have a head-to-head draft to talk about starting Wednesday because Tuesday night we're doing the podcast league draft. What time is that, Scott? That is 8.30 in the p.m. Ooh, wow. Eastern Standard Time. You know, I got a regular Tuesday night basketball game. With You're going to have to blow it off. I don't know about that. Which, probably... which are you blowing off, Adam Azer? No, no, I think I can Tell do Tell all both. your podcast listeners if you're going to blow off the podcast. Uh, I can do both. I think I can game. do both. I just won't have that much prep time beforehand, but I guess I shouldn't need it. Nando, are you, you nervous about the podcast league? You know, you're the, like, you're the new guy now. Hey, you know, based on the questions we've been getting from the podcast listeners, they're serious players. You know, they this are. isn't like, hey, I play in an eight-team league. You know, it's, it's, they no. got some deep, deep things going on. And, and don't expect to have lousy owners with bad drafts. And don't expect to have lazy owners who don't do anything with the waiver wire and free agencies. I mean, this is like, you've got to pay attention to this one. You're going to have an advantage, though, because... Because I've given everyone, away all of my likes well, on the show. Well, no, everyone hasn't been listening to your sleepers all preseason long. That's That's true. True. I'm not going to get any of my sleepers. <laughs> and that was very frustrating last year. <laughs> because You'll get Liriano yeah. in like the fourth round. Yeah. <laughs> Liriano? Yeah. Which Liriano? Francisco yeah, Liriano? Yeah. In the four- yeah, somebody's going to take him from no, you're, me. You're going to have to. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm wondering how early I'm going to have to reach for Duda. The earliest I've gone so far is, is the 12th round. I can't. I, I doubt I can bring myself to do earlier than that. But somebody's going to swoop in and take him. In I the will tenth take round, him in the eleventh. That's their yeah. loss, man. If they're doing it just to just to piss off Scott White. <laughs> but the thing you know, about it is, Lucas Duda the, too early. But he's the well, two-time champion. The thing about so. it is, I actually like Lucas Duda a lot more than the people I typically draft ahead of him. Those few rounds ahead of him, I just know I can get him later, and I'm greedy like that. Hmm. Uh, like uh, if it, Duda or Lomo, for instance, I'm drafting Lomo in a lot of leagues. I like Lomo a lot. I might actually like Duda a little more right now, wow. which is scary to say on the eve of the draft. All about <laughs> it. <laughs> <All right. laughs> All about it. All right, so let's look at this Roto draft. We'll do it over two days. Um, so let's do uh, – we'll see how many rounds we get to. Let's start with uh, round one, and uh, let's go with best and worst picks of round one. Uh, Miguel Cabrera first overall. Matt Kemp two. Albert Pujols third. Jose Bautista fourth. Ryan Braun fifth. Troy Tulowitzki, 6th. Jacoby Ellsbury, 7th. 
Joey Votto, 8th. Adrian Gonzalez, ninth. Clayton Kershaw, 10th. Dustin Bedroya, 11th. And Robinson Cano, 12th. So it's Miguel Cabrera, Matt Kemp, Albert Pujols, Jose Bautista, Ryan Braun, Troy Tulowitzki. Guess who took him? <laughs> Scott White. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury, Joey Votto, Adrian Gonzalez, Clayton Kershaw, Dustin Pedroia, Robinson Cano. Nando, best pick of round one. Uh, it's, I think it's related to the worst pick, um, Cano, because, I mean, Pedroia went right ahead of him. I think Cano should be drafted ahead of Pedroia. So. Okay. I think Adam Moore's pick of Cano at 12 is the best. I mean, that might even be low for Cano, all things considered. Whereas yeah. Pedroia at 11, I think, might have been a little early. Scott, best pick. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, boy, I don't think any really. The first round is usually so played out that everybody knows what's going on at that point. And well, then fine. Let's, you know, I'm going to say. stands out? He's going to say Tulowitzki is the best pick, obviously. No, I, well, I was going to say <laughs> Tulowitzki, but not so much because I took him, but because, you know. he went six. In the, yeah, the sixth are so, the sixth, it doesn't even so much matter to me the order. Just those have to be the first six. And so to not screw up the sixth pick, I'm going to pat myself on the back for that. <laughs> no, I, what, actually, that's what I would have voted for, too. What stands out to me is uh, Kershaw in the first round as the number one pitcher taken. I would put Verlander and Halliday ahead of him, and I wouldn't take any of them in the first round. So that's your uh, worst so pick? That's, yeah, that's my worst pick. I, I want to touch on the Cano-Pedroia thing because Al and I, it, it's worth pointing out, Al and I have been in the Pedroia over Cano camp, and I, and I know we've been, uh, compared to the rest of the fantasy writing world, on an island in that camp. So, you know, it's nice getting the opposing viewpoint now. Now we got somebody... Going with the the majority <laughs> here and, and saying Cano's the better option. Yeah, why, why do you think Cano's a better option? Uh, I just think the power's there. Um, I think the team's going to be better around him this year, which uh, you know affects the runs and the runs batted in. Um, I, I don't know. Pedroia seems to get hurt a lot more often than Cano does, even though they're fluke. I mean, I'm not saying he's got yeah. these these injuries that happen the same thing every year. It's just fluky kind of stuff because he plays so hard like yeah. all the Red Sox guys and uh, <laughs> I don't know I just I just think Cano I think Cano is the better I mean people are talking about Cano top you know five or six overall in, in some drafts yeah so. I yeah and, and and you know part of that's um part of that's a little bit of head-to-head bias creeping in there with where the walks count and obviously that helps Pedroia and not Cano but part of it really I, I I see them as capable of doing the same things Cano a little more power Pedroia a lot more speed, and I'll sacrifice that little power for the extra speed. Let's go to round two. All right, Carlos Santana goes for wow, that's early. Um, the thirteenth overall pick, first in round two. So you get your catcher there: Prince Fielder, Justin Upton, Curtis Granderson, Roy Halladay, Mark Teixeira, Ian Kinsler, Justin Verlander, Cliff Lee. Carlos Gonzalez, Evan Longoria, Hanley Ramirez. Santana, Fielder, Upton, Granderson, Halliday, Teixeira, Kinsler, Verlander, Cliff Lee, Carlos Gonzalez, Longoria, Hanley Ramirez. Scott, best pick of round two. Uh, I'm going to go... I I can't pick my guy. I can't pick my guy. (laughs) I'm going to say Evan Longoria in 11 because I almost I thought he was a value at 7 when I ended up taking Kinsler, and I almost took him instead of Kinsler. Kinsler and Longoria both strike me as early second-round types, so to see him, uh, Longoria, go second-to-last pick in the second round is uh, surprising to me. 
Okay. Nando, best pick of round two? Um, you know, Hanley goes without saying, but I guess if it comes in second, uh, Carlos Gonzalez, kind of that late to, to Lippman was – I think it's a pretty good pick. I mean, that's a, that's a guy we were talking about top five last year who just had an off season, some injuries. And worst pick for you, Nando, the second I think, I think you're laughing at it. kind of gave it away, man. Santana, right? Yeah, but I mean, you know, in his, in his defense, he's got those wraparound picks where if he really wants Santana – you know, you got to wait what like a hundred picks until your next your next selection. So <laughs> yeah, but, and but we'll see later. There's a twist. Right. Well, Scott and I looked at looked at these a little earlier. There's uh, a yeah. yeah. There are actually two twists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but wait. Yeah, but wait. There's and, and we'll see you tomorrow. I, I think uh, to kind of distinguish between Roto and head to head. If this was head to head, I might be the guy taking Santana with uh, round two first pick in round two because. I think his walks and at bats give him such an advantage in that format. But in, in Roto, where his batting average could potentially hold you back, it, it does strike me as way early, uh, a whole round early, probably. Then we're on to round three. Ryan Zimmerman goes first in round three. Jose Reyes, David Wright, Andrew McCutcheon, CC Sabathia, Giancarlo Stanton. Ben Zobris, Josh Hamilton, Adrian Beltre, Felix Hernandez, Brett Laurie. And Michael Young. So it's Zimmerman, Reyes, Wright, McCutcheon, Sabathia, Stanton, Zobrist, Hamilton, Beltre, Felix Hernandez, Laurie, and Michael Young. Scott, best pick? Andrew McCutcheon. He's a, more of a second rounder in my mind. Um, potential 2040 guy, or, or maybe even better. Uh, so I think, uh, I, I think he's definitely the best. Okay, and for you, Nando, we actually, hold on one second. So McCutcheon goes four picks into round three. Carlos Gonzalez goes ten picks into round two. Um, which value do you like better? So that you're talking one, two, three, four, five, well, five guys in between the two. I would take Carlos Gonzalez before I took Andrew McCutcheon. So the guy who took Gonzalez was doing the right thing. Um, I, I would rather spend my second-round pick on, on something other than an outfielder, so I guess I would say I like the McCutcheon value more, but they're both, they're both values. Okay, Nando, best pick of round three. Um, i got to tip my hat to Scott here, man. Getting Stanton, you know, the, then I think is great. I think he's going to turn more than the middle third-round pick. Okay, worst pick of round three. Well, from a value standpoint, it's Brett Lowry, but I don't mind it because I think he's a guy worth reaching for, and, and uh, I was hoping to take him in the fourth round, um, and he got kind of taken out from under me there. So uh, I'm not going to go with him. I'm going to go with Michael Young. Boy, Michael Young, really? <laughs> I'm surprised to see him there. Um, I think he's uh, he's uh, overvalued as like a sixth-round pick because his – Career-high batting average, I don't think he's going to sustain, and, and his power dropped so much last year that I think he's in just a complete bust candidate, um, this guy in his mid-30s. And uh, this is the same guy, same guy who drafted Carlos Santana. This is Adam Moore. <laughs> we do not mean to be picking on him. And man. just wait till round four. Um, <laughs> uh, and what's the worst pick for you, Nando? Um, you know, David Wright, I think, uh, just, I think he went a little too early. I mean, any other year, maybe I wouldn't say that, but... Um, like you can make a case taken right with all the injuries that he has, and who knows how this park will play out. He, he, I think he just went before Beltre. You know, it doesn't make sense. Five third basemen went in this round: Zimmerman, Wright, uh, Beltre, Laurie, Michael Young, and no A Rod to be seen for a while here. Interesting. Okay, and uh, we go to round four: Adam Moore, 
who took Santana and Michael Young, he takes Brian McCann here. So obviously this guy wanted this is a two catcher league, so he wanted uh he wanted catchers. Jeff Tobin goes with Alex Avila. So it goes McCann one, Alex Avila two, Jared Weaver three, Cole Hamels four, Tim Lincecum five, Kevin Euclid six, Matt Holiday seventh, Shane Victorino eighth, Lance Berkman ninth, Mike Napoli tenth, David Price eleven. And Jay Bruce, 12th. Worst, or let me read it again. McCann, Avila, Weaver, Hamels, Lincecum, Euclid, Holiday, Victorino, Berkman, Napoli, Price, Bruce. Best pick, Nando, of round four. Um, you know, I, I, it's tough, but I like considering all these catchers. Napoli. I think Napoli, his power, the average that he put up last year, playing in Texas, um, good stuff. So he goes after McCann. He goes after Avila. Yeah, there was quite the early catcher run here. Uh, which changes changes my perception of things. Uh, best pick, I um, you know I, I think either the outfielders there, Holiday or Victorino. Looking, seeing that Lance Berkman and Jay Bruce went right after them. I mean, there there's clearly a divide there. So the the guys getting Holiday and and Victorino. Who got Holiday? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, those I, guys. Those mystery obviously, men. I'm gonna like my pick more often than not. All right, worst pick of the round, Scott. <laughs> That's why I threw the Victorino guy in there, yeah. too. I'm, I'm not trying to toot my no, own Scott's horn. Scott's not like that. He's not like um, that. He just drafted very well. Yeah. <laughs> worst picks, uh, I, you know, I kind of feel like Bruce is, is hmm. I kind of feel like he's a reach. On, on the one hand, I, I say, well, he's really not that much worse than Stanton, and I didn't think Stanton was a bad pick in the third round. But on the other hand... I just feel like I see him go so much later usually. And uh, like I said, he's not in the holiday Victorino discussion, at least not for me. Um, let us let me just look ahead here to some of the guys behind him. Michael Bourne, eh. uh, Shinsu Chu, Desmond Jennings. Eh. I, you know, I, I, think I'd, I think I'd just rather wait a couple rounds and go after the Chu Jennings than, than take uh, Bruce here. Okay, Nando, worst pick of round four. Um, I'm thinking Victorino, just because, I mean, we're looking ahead again to, to Bourne, where he went. I think if you need speed, you go for Bourne instead of Victorino. Last year, I had traded for Victorino in a league where I badly needed steals, uh, you know, towards the end of the year, I think with like a two months left, and I think he gave me like two steals. Uh, he had a lot of home runs. Well, yeah, the thing you got to remember about him is he's not the one-trick pony Bourne is. Right. But if you're going, I mean, that's why you get Victorino. You get a little bit of power with it, but I think... You know, if you're going to build a team, and you obviously take Victorino that early because of his speed, maybe his, his average. I mean, Bourne gives you the Bourne gives you the speed times two. All right, we go to round five. Starlin Castro one, Zach Greinke two, Michael Bourne three, Arod four, Mauer five, Hosmer six, Matt Weider seven, Sandoval eight, Miguel Montero nine, Buster Posey ten, James Shields eleven, and Ezdrubal Cabrera twelve. Starlin Castro, Granky Bourne, Alex Rodriguez, Maurer, Hosmer, Weeders, Sandoval, Miguel Montero, Posey, Shields, as Drupal Cabrera. Nando, best pick of round five. I'm going to go with A-Rod. I think, yeah, I think he's going to be locked in this year after, after all the, 
the I guess badness. All right, that see, th- this to him is last Yankees year. fan bias because I like him too. All right, thank you. This is like movie someone on your fan. side. I know, I, I love it. I love it. But I know Scott now. They they're like he's seventy. He gets injured all the time. <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like if this guy stays healthy, he's still a great player. He's the most driven player I've ever spoken to in my entire. That dude is all business yeah. when you talk to him, and he's so focused. And just just knowing him that little bit from from interacting with him like that. I think this year he's just going to be like solely focused on baseball and hitting 40 home runs. How's he going to stay healthy? He's 37, or he's going to be 37, and he hasn't played, what, 140 games in like five years or something. He got all that injury stuff out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I still don't see it. <laughs> okay, that's Nando's best pick. Scott, what's your best pick? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Granky. I think. Um, because I think it, he, I think he's a true ace, and to get a true ace in the fifth round is a pretty good deal. Even though I probably wouldn't look for a pitcher that early myself. If you're going to do it, that's the way to do it. Worst pick of round five. Uh, well, Weeders and Mon- Miguel Montero are both not. Neither are fifth rounders in my mind. But you can understand the way this draft unfolded, why they went there. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with as Drupal Cabrera. I'm thinking there's a lot of guys in this round that we talked about as potential busts. I know you, A Rod for you. um, I know you don't love as Drupal Cabrera. Right. And we're we're not that high on Maurer, right? No, Maurer, yeah, you could lump him in with Weeders and Montero there. Uh, Really, Buster Posey the same way. What what happened in this draft, there was. A big rush for third baseman early, a big rush for catchers early, and that and that's causing some discrepancies that you know may not be bad picks within the context of the draft, but just seem like bad picks compared to uh, what you see among the general population. Um, so, but to kind of hit both, I'm going to say as Drupal Cabrera because going in the same round of Starling Castro, I think Castro is a much safer bet to be um, a high-end shortstop. Cabrera. Uh, I worry about his batting average, and I, I'm, re- I sincerely doubt he's going to hit 20 homers again. So. All right, Nando, your worst pick. Um, you know, it's the catchers again, and I, I understand what Scott's saying, and that's the argument I kind of wanted to make. But when you look down on these other rounds, like a like a Shinsu Chu and a Dan Heron still on the board, you're taking Matt Weeders. <laughs> right. I don't know, and it's not just Weeders. It's you know, it's it's Mauer, it's it's even Posey, Montero. All these guys going so early. Fine, there's a run, but look, I got Dumit and Pierzynski. I'd rather have Dumit, Pierzynski, and Chu than Weeders, Pierzynski, and I don't even know who else would be around. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's, uh, just looking at it that way, I, I think I understand the runs. I understand you've got to do what you've got to do. but You've got to take the best players. Yeah, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if people are doing that here. Okay. All right, let's move on to the emails at fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. All right, first one. Uh, I don't have a name, but it was funny. So great job adding Nando to the podcast. Can you ask him if he still is a card-carrying member of the Bruce Chen <laughs> fan club, especially considering the spring he has had? <laughs> yeah, that's from that's from uh, that's from obviously a viewer of the MLB show last year when you know at the end of the show they do the pitcher ditch and you got to pick two pitchers who you don't want anywhere near your team for daily leagues. And uh, I would constantly ditch Bruce Chen. I didn't believe in him at all. And at the end, I just gave up. And, you know, to start the show, we have to do that, you know, hi, I'm Nando DeFino, and da-da-da-da-da, you know, that's how you introduce the show. And so before the show, I made a little, I made a little card and, you know, taped it to some cardboard. It was the, the, card <laughs> the Bruce Chen fan club, and I was the <laughs> well, president. Yeah. The funniest part about this that probably neither of you know about, there as actually is 
a little bit of a Bruce Chen fan club among uh, oh, I know about <laughs> some it. of the guys who write our updates at night. Ed Ghana, Jeff Lippman, Adam Moore. They love they, him. They love Bruce Chen. I think it's in, <laughs> Not a, half, seriously, in a halfway though. joking yeah. matter, but one of them always seems to take Bruce Chen every draft with our last pick or something. So he's, uh, he's quite the popular dude in this office. He's a polarizing pitcher, <laughs> if there ever was one. Yeah. Here's, uh, let's go to John in Parts Unknown. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Ten-team head-to-head points league, keepers aside, best three players to stash in my minors, looking for 2012 impact. Shelby Miller... Um, Danny Holton and Bryce Harper. So I'm not sure what the... Oh, he wants some guys. Yeah, so... Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah, so give him some guys to stash that could have a 2012 impact. Or I could just say, listen to the minor show. We did the prospect <laughs> show we did last week. Dude, I, I'm liking Tyler Moore more and more after that show that okay. we did. The more, the more I read about Tyler Moore and look at that Washington... Uh, I don't know if he'll have a 2012 impact, but he's close. All right. Nolan Arenado was uh, Al's player that he loved... Hey, Snyder on uh, Toronto. He might be an impact player in the minors right now. <laughs> That's true. All right, yeah, listen to our prospect show. And uh, sorry about that. Uh, let's go to Dan W. in Gainesville. I had my draft. I currently only have two second basemen and one shortstop. Obviously, this means that if any of them have the day off, I have a hole in my starting lineup. For every other position, I have enough folks to cover the days off. Should I go out there and try to pick up another shortstop to cover those holes? The main problem I have with that at the moment is that anyone I would need to drop seems better than the candidates available. Uh, he has on his bench Kendry Morales, Brennan Bosch, and Mike Carp, and his he could go out and pick up Stephen Drew, Ian Desmond, Sean Rodriguez, Jason Bartlett, and Zach Cozart. Uh, well, I'm going to assume this is a, a daily league. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I'd be... Uh I think I'd be willing to add one of those short stops. There's a couple high upside guys there. Maybe not Drew because he Stephen Drew because he doesn't look like he's going to be ready for the season. But I I like uh, Zach Cozart Cozart's combination of power and speed, and I I don't think Mike Carp is um, special enough. Did you read the bench options here? Mike Carp, one of his bench options. I I drop Carp yeah. for one of those two, Drew or Cozart. Uh, how about Ethan? My league has a separate minor league draft. Most top guys are long gone from last year, but these are the guys I'm looking at. Could you rank them? Miguel Sano. I guess I could just. I don't know why I'm reading these uh, minor league questions. Miguel Sano, Travis D'Arno, Mike Olt, Gary Brown, Brett Jackson, Jurickson Profar, and Billy Hamilton. Top two. Just give them top two. Well, long term or this year? Uh, for this year, I'm going to say D'Arno. And Brett Jackson for long term, um, I got to go with Profar and Miguel Sano. Okay, but they're both a couple years away, so it you know it makes a big difference what you're leaning toward there. Here's Hector it says, "Dear real men of genius," which is great. Uh, I listened to the. You remember that? Real men of genius. <laughs> Mr. Vending machine yeah, repair man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I listened to the football podcast, and I wanted to know if you would do Azer fantasy tips for baseball this year. If so, here's my first tip. Draft Chipper Jones and Mariano Rivera in long-term keeper leagues. All right, nobody knows what, what Azer fantasy tips are, so I'll just I'll give you the, the info real quick. Right, by the way, it's strange that Hector is a totally different font on this email, you know? Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> From he- Hector? <laughs> no, that's because I cut off his name when I... <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, oh, no, this is from Hector. I swear, it's not from me. <laughs> Uh, Azer Fantasy Tips, I said something like, I gave like a pretty good draft advice 
a draft tip, but it was fairly obvious. But it was for people who aren't really that savvy in fantasy, and I can't remember what it was. But Dave Richard then said, if anybody has a like, really stupid, obvious fantasy tip, put it on Twitter and do hashtag Azer fantasy tip. <laughs> so it's just another way for Dave and Jamie to make fun of me, which is basically <laughs> half of the fantasy football podcast. Uh, but the question from Hector was, I drafted Neil Walker, but I'm in need of some power, so I have a trade offer on the table. Matt Garza and my third-round pick in 2013 for Dan Ugla. Do you think Ugla will come through, or is he going to struggle like last year? Should I stay with Neil Walker at second base? So he'd be giving up Garza and his third-round pick in 2013 for Dan Ugla to upgrade Neil Walker. I I don't think it's a bad trade necessarily. I worry more about the third-round pick in 2013 than Matt Garza because third-round pick is pretty early. And, um, you know, unless you think Ugla is the missing piece that's going to win it for you, uh, I'd be a little afraid to commit to that right now um you know just just i i kind of want to see let things play out a little maybe walk you're fine with walker maybe you have more power than you think you do maybe someone will emerge off the waiver wire like a like a john mayberry um ends up performing great out of the gate and uh, you won't need ugla so I, I don't think i'd resort to that at this point all right i remember what the azer fantasy tip was and i it, it was relevant because i know someone <laughs> in one of my leagues had no idea what i was talking about so it's like if you're putting in your waiver claim and there's a couple guys you want, let's say you want to drop, not that you're going to drop Neil Walker, but he's a name on top of my head. You want to drop Neil Walker. You want to pick up two different second basemen. Um, you're afraid you're not going to get the first guy. So you say, I want to pick up this guy and drop Neil Walker. Put in another claim for another second baseman and drop Neil Walker. You're only going to be able to drop him once, but you can put in the claim to drop him twice and then you'll just get whoever's available to you on waivers. You can drop them three or four times. You see, I, I think that's a tip that seems obvious to us who play exactly. in eight fantasy leagues at once. But to the average person, yes. you know, I know in leagues with some of my friends, it seems like they they don't think to do that always. Yes. So drop yeah, a guy, a drop point. a guy two, three, four times, however many, until you're going to get the guy you want after the waivers run. So, yeah, he's not going to penalize you. You're only going to be able to drop him once. I, I don't make fun of you, Adam. Thank you. Post of the year. Hashtag Azer Fantasy <laughs> Tips. All right, that's it for today's show. We're back tomorrow with Scott and Al. Nando, thanks a lot. And great job in Tout Wars. We wish you the best of luck. And uh, all right, we'll talk to you all later. <laughs>